Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hmm? Ah. Hmm. Hey Zed Heads, welcome to the podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Lucy. This is the Walking Dead cast episode 422. This episode is made possible by Patreon supporters like Sonia Schaller, who pledged their support at patreon.com slash Jason Cabassi. So thank you, Sonia. I like that name, Sonia Schaller. Hey, Sonia. Yeah, it's a nice name. Mm-hmm. She's been a supporter for a long time. Well, I say we jump right into it this week. So here we go. Let's do it. Attention shoppers, Deadcast Top 5 in 5, 4, 3, 2. Okay, it's our Deadcast Top 5 this week. It's our Top 5 Highlights for Walking Dead Season 10, Episode 18, Find Me. What do you think about this one? What do you think I thought about this episode? I'm interested to know if you what you think I'll think is right. That's a good question. I'm I'm not sure. I think it could go either way. I know we've talked about it being kind of cool that Daryl has not had a romantic partner all this time, and you seemed on board with that, if I remember right. Yeah, I, uh, I, yeah, yeah, I full on hate this episode. <laughs> like I'm just being that out there for this, like from the start. I okay. have not, I've not had this like gut kind of negative reaction to an episode in a while which i'm you know i might just be in a bad mood i'm not sure but i'm intrigued to talk about it with you okay well this will be a good one because we're gonna play good cop bad cop like this time we haven't done that in a while seems like it's been about a year or so (laughs) yeah because at first you know there was a part of me that was like oh they're going there it was kind of something special about daryl that they didn't go there but also I don't want to think 
of myself as the kind of person that's wishing for someone never to find love. You know, Hmm. I I think um, ultimately on a human level, if someone finds love, I'm going to be happy for them. So I'm happy Hmm. for Daryl. It turns it into at least what I thought on first watch, more of a typical kind of a romance story. You know, it felt like a little movie that we've seen a million times where the Mm -hmm. couple sort of pretends not to like each other or they're standoffish at first, but they end up together. Uh, which is fine. I mean, it was well done for, for that. But then the more I thought about it, the more I actually loved the episode and found deeper themes and was really touched by it. And and um, it was because it was one of those that I couldn't quite figure out. I couldn't figure something out. And so it kept playing in my mind. And I actually woke up at like 5 a.m. this morning. And go, oh, oh, I think I just figured something out about that episode. And it made me like it even more. So ultimately, I actually really like it a lot. You know, something I meant to look up before we started was who wrote this. And I've just looked up who the writer was. And it's Nicole Morante Matthews. And her other two episodes are We Are the End of the World, which was Alpha and Beta's um, kind of origin story. And Walk With Us, which I think was the disgusting toilet trench sex episode. (laughs) 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 So I'm intrigued because those are two quite, um, two quite, two-handers there's a lot of sort of romantic slash male-female tension going on in those episodes so it's interesting to me that it's the same writer for all three i mean yeah they uh, shows do that sometimes i don't know if that's what they did here but they'll have a stable of writers and certain writers have certain strengths like on lost mm-hmm. uh Kitsits and Horowitz often wrote the Hurley episodes because they had a knack for his character and for writing mm. the funny cute episodes so maybe it's something like that i don't know it's like that with directors too. Hey, there's um, yeah. What is it? Sabochnik, the guy in Game of Thrones, who's oh, yeah. really good for Those battles, big battles. Yeah, and he's yeah. actually one of the showrunners for the upcoming House of the Dragon, I believe. Oh, that's which promising. Is pretty cool. Yeah. All right. I'm okay. I'm, I'm geared up for some good cop, bad cop action. Uh, okay, <laughs> let's go. Bad cop number five. Um. I'll I'll try and I'm gonna try and say some positive things. Um, I really liked the colors and the visuals of the flashbacks. I thought the kind of autumnal colors and the slightly brighter kind of almost yellowy light was really cool. So it's like your essay was horrible, but the handwriting was really nice. Exactly that. I'm like <laughs> I hated everything about it, but you wrote it on nice paper, so yeah. that's fun. Good job. No, I'm just kidding. I agree. Yeah, go on. Someone I'm sorry. was sharing on Twitter. Um, there's like one image from it that's Daryl sort of we're behind Daryl and he's looking out onto the river. Um, and it's set up just kind of like a really beautiful painting. And somebody was like, oh, this is a really perfect frame. And I was like, yeah, that is actually really nice. So I'm enjoying that they're being, I think they're being a bit more creative with these one-off episodes. And we had the um, voiceover at the start of Daryl kind of recapping where we've got to. Um, so I thought in terms of how it looked and seemed as a piece of media, it was pretty cool. And that made up for a lot, well, it didn't make up for, but it, took my attention away from other things that I didn't like so much about it. Um, but yeah, the, the cinematography was good. Yeah. Um, w- almost right at the beginning, Daryl getting his bike ready to go out on his mission where he straps his crossbow to it and like a staff or mm. something fiddles with some controls. I just thought that was a cool little cool Daryl setup scene right there. And then mm. another one I noticed is um, after one of the time jumps in within the flashbacks, there was a slow 
overhead camera over this river with like these vividly yellow leaved trees blanketing either side and Mm -hmm. just thought it was really nice so yeah i think the whole episode actually was shot pretty nicely it's a twitter account called uh twd beauty no the twd beauty and it's uh some really nice it just shares some very like perfect shots from episodes and past seasons and there were some really nice ones from this one and the one of Daryl looking out on the river was good so like visually it really appealed to me and I enjoyed the kind of it was an intensely sort of woodland based one like there wasn't a lot of settlement it was very much in nature and I enjoyed that a lot I liked having the light was lovely Carol and Daryl meeting up over the river was interesting as well although I have a lot of questions about the geography of this location and how big or small that river actually is and how far dog ran to get to Daryl and how (laughs) that woman managed to live five miles out of Alexandria and nobody noticed her for eight years. But anyway, that's by the by. Uh, Yep, cinematography, great. Thumbs up, (laughs) yep. (laughs) All right. My number five is chosen slash found family. Mm. So I think this episode is a lot about family that aren't blood relatives and how you find your tribe and the bonds you can forge with people who aren't genetic relatives that are stronger than family and Mm -hmm. how that family gets found. And also in a world where maybe your family isn't, isn't nice, you know, it may be abusive or you've had tough times. How Mm -hmm. do you um, go out and find the people that you can sort of settle in with and bond with and trust, find that trust and stability that you end up deciding to stay with and, you know, in the mm. zombie apocalypse, it's compounded, like, the trauma of of your life and how you find the people that you can actually make a life with. And so the first, you know, strongest, well, I don't know about strongest, but the first incidence of that theme is with this woman, Leah, and it's her son's birthday. And she's got this cute picture of her holding him. And mm. she starts going into her story about how she didn't have a good family growing up, not the good kind anyway, which is similar to Daryl. I mean, these two have a lot of similarities, which is probably one reason why they ended up together. But Mm -hmm. um, then she found her own family. She fought side by side for years. And she she says, even when the trouble started, so it sounded like she found them before the zombie apocalypse, maybe. I don't know. I wasn't clear on that. I was a little confused that she mentions her squad as though she's with them before it all happened. So yeah. Um, but then she talks about her son, Matthew, who was born to her sister. That's what I called her anyway. I lost her when he was born. And this whole thing really touched me, especially because she was kind of armored up for most of the episode before this. And here she is being vulnerable with Daryl and talking about these things that are really important to me, family and connections and things like that and loss. And she's looking at her son's grave outside later and so i was really feeling it there and i love that it's this son that wasn't born to her it's like you know um carol with henry or and michonne and judith lots of these Mm. people and uh and she calls this woman her sister even though it's not and so i loved all of that and then and she talks about how they were attacked by she calls them the dead uh which i that's mm. my preferred term actually just or zeds if she said zeds i'd be like holy cow that's awesome <laughs> whoa <laughs> she listens to our podcast <laughs> right and how dog's uh pregnant mom is with her and 
and she brought them back to the cabin, but her son was bitten and she said, I said goodbye to him the same day dog was born, which is kind of a nice poetic thing. I mean, like, oh, I guess this is my new charge, this little puppy. Um, Mm. And Daryl's just there calmly holding space through the whole thing, looks sad, but, you know, he's just listening and that was a nice uh, vibe that he was giving off. And, and I don't usually like when people, as you know, well know that when they explicate themselves like that, but Mm. this felt different to me because as she said, she hasn't seen any other soul since this happened. Daryl's the first one. And so that's different to me. This is her first time to get all of this off her chest. The first time she's found herself with someone that she feels like she can let her guard down and trust, you know? Mm. So that really made it work, totally work for me. And then, then um, Leah asks Daryl who he lost, and he says, my brother. And I thought Merle. I was thinking Merle. <laughs> this is a bit of an, an F you to Merle, wasn't it? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. But it, it, was it nice, fits though. in with this theme. And, and, and I'm sure he has feelings about Merle, too. But, but mm. you know, we're, we're meeting him as he's out looking for Rick. So it makes sense. That mm. would be on his mind. But anyways, um, he says Daryl or he says brother died in an accident. And I'm like... Is he lying to her or making up a story? And then it dawns on me, oh my God, he means Rick. And mm-hmm. he thinks Rick of Rick as his brother. And th- that just made it make more sense to me why he spent all this time out looking for him. And it mm-hmm. made it even feel sadder that he lost Rick. You know, it just deepened that whole situation for me, made it less of a department of suspension and disbelief thing and more like, oh my God, he's looking for his fucking brother. So, so I love that. <laughs> and and then another found family is dog. You know, we get to oh, see dog and dog, dog, dog keeps finding him. Like I first watch, I was like, wait, he was with dog and now he, it's a year later. And, but so, but you watch again, it's like dog just keeps finding him and then running off <laughs> and then, mm-hmm. and dog dog's leads. a little matchmaker. He dog's is, like, yeah. come and meet my mama. Yenta, and like, yeah. mm. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was cute. And that's another found family member. And then, you know, the whole thing about choosing, too, it's chosen chosen family is part of it. And uh, Leah gives him that ultimatum at the end. And whether you belong with me or belong out looking for your dead brother, which is a dig. And uh, Mm -hmm. he's he presumably decides to go looking, but then he changes his mind and comes back. But he's too late. And he writes that note. I belong with you. Find me. So I think find me is about your found family and everything, but it's also about finding people who can find the real you underneath like the psychological armor that we all wear and finding Mm -hmm. connection and trust with people in a, in a world, in a rough world and about connection and things like that. So all of that, I just love, that's why I came to love this episode. Just that whole theme. It's just really important to me. Like I have such good deep friendships that I feel like are my brothers and sisters Mm -hmm. and so it really spoke to me. And and also Carol and Daryl's relationship plays big time into this, but it deserves yeah. its own point. So I'm not going to go into it on this particular point. So that's that all is, I got number five. That is fair. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I the thing is, I like what you're saying. I really do. And I like the stuff about Daryl as well. But I think for me, and I think I'll make this like my number four, because mm-hmm. it's kind of a question about pacing. And it's not just the pacing of this episode. It's the pacing of the show as a whole now as we're in the kind of home stretch. And I've got this thing of like, I want to spend time with the people I love. I don't really want to spend time with some women I've just met who I just don't really particularly care about. Like, I'd rather explore these themes with 
the characters who mean the most to us. And I sort of feel what you're saying about Daryl holding space for her and like reacting to it and things, but I'm much more interested in Daryl than I am in this person that we've just met. And I, I felt that her character was... They're just... So the pacing of this episode was interesting because I <laughs> I watched it at speed and a half the second time round because as we tend to do when we're preparing for the podcast, honestly, it still dragged at speed and a half. And I was like, at one point, I was like, do I have this on the right speed? Am I watching it? And I was like, nope, yeah, it's speed and a half. Um, <laughs> and I feel like with these kind of indulgent, pondering moments, to me, like, Daryl, Carol have earned those. This woman, Leah, I just found myself being like same shit different person like it 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 really didn't click with me and i felt that they tried but i i can hear in my in what i'm saying that they were kind of damned if they did and damned if they didn't because on the one hand i'm saying leah who does don't care on the other hand i'm saying they tried too hard to give too much of her within one episode so like i i felt like we were being asked to invest a lot in a very short space of time um, on the one hand, I don't want to waste any of the time left on the show with people who aren't going to come back or who aren't going to be part of that crew that we really care about. On the other hand, I did feel a bit like I was kind of keeping track of the the actual time. So we got a lot of kind of um, splash scenes telling us how much time had passed. So the the kind of where it starts to get real between Lee and Daryl happens about two and a half years before where we are now in the show and I just felt that in the that was maybe halfway to two-thirds through the episode that that kind of kicked off her ultimatum the kind of oh my god you have to pick between me and your dead brother and the family you abandoned it seemed to come out of nowhere and I mean obviously they can't show everything that happens in the 10 months that pass between those two but it just felt like I don't care about this decision. <laughs> I just, we know that obviously for whatever reason you're not around anymore. And I just don't, it was hard to invest in it. It felt so much like a filler episode. I don't feel that I came away from it with any greater understanding of Daryl's character. I feel like I came away from it just like, was there no better way to use that 45 minutes than this? Because it felt very tacked on. And like I I know I was really cold on Connie at the start. I was like, no, let Daryl, you know, just not be let's not try and foist any sexuality on him. Let's just let him just be whatever. But I'm kind of coming around on Connie and I sort of feel like now I'm like, oh come on. You just got me to invest in Connie and now this woman turns up with some freaking fox around her neck. Who's this? I don't care. So yeah, I just found the pacing was was off. And I get that they're having to do creative things with these six episodes but i i'd rather have the six episodes be like bonus features on my lord of the rings dvd where you get to hang out with the cast and have fun and learn more about things i I don't really want them to be here's new characters that we expect you to care about and invest in and i just feel like daryl deserved better I, i that sounds awful that sounds really women hating but i just feel like they kind of just gave him a female daryl and were like this worked and just sort of left it there. And I just feel like the pacing of it for something as anticipated and as kind of spoken about as like Daryl having a romantic interest, the pacing of this just felt weird. And I think, yeah, Leah gives this monologue, which is in some ways, like you see, very affecting because it's about found family. But on the other hand, I was just like, 
oh, of course the dog was born the day that her son died. Of course he was. I'm like, uh huh. And um, because why be subtle? Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just didn't buy it. I didn't, I didn't connect with the two of them as a couple, and it made me grumpy, as you can tell from the way I'm describing <laughs> this. And I think a part of that is the pacing of trying to do maybe too much in one episode it's not even like so it made me think a lot actually of the episode of fear the walking dead in season four where we meet john dory and we find out about his love story without giving too much away yeah and for some i i will never ever say this again record this for posterity that was a much better episode because you bought they didn't overload the characters and you could buy that these two people were behaving the way they were behaving but something just felt off kilter in this episode and I just didn't quite I don't know it didn't work for me and and I'm think trying to think of good reasons why other than like I'm just in a mood because characters did stuff that I don't like um but it, to me it was a bit about the pacing and a bit about front loading that trauma and having Leah sort of talk at us for so long about her experience which is fine and interesting but also like what's uh, yeah i don't know what's the payoff but i mean i guess we felt some stuff which is good and we got a dog which is also good but that was kind of my my number four was really the pacing and why that frustrated me with this episode yeah a couple things about that i really feel like i did learn something about daryl's character and that's unusual in a what do you feel you learned such, like not an attack long... i'm not like what no, do you no, feel you learned but absolutely. like what, what do you feel you learned um i want to get into that when i get into my point about daryl and carol because it's it's kind of a big part of the episode awesome but okay. i did feel like oh wow yeah i just realized something about daryl which was cool you know like that helped elevate this episode even more than it already was for me and mm. um i think that this woman Leah had had a tough job, the actress and the character to fill. You know, like she did. Daryl is this character who has had so many legions of women admiring him this whole time, and now here's this woman who steps in, and she's the first real romantic interest. And the scene where they were kind of out laying on the ground and she's gazing at him lovingly like oh she's fallen for him and the next scene it's by firelight and i think she's nude and they're holding hands and i'm like i bet a lot of women are just hating this chick right now (laughs) (laughs) you got me jason that's why i hate it i don't (laughs) think that's what i'm I'm not necessarily saying that about you that that it's because you're jealous or something um but it's a similar thing. It's like, this is an intruder who I don't know coming in, you know? So, uh, for me, um, it reminds me of in college when you go, when I went away to college and I first got there and everyone there was new and kind of nervous and hoping we would find friends. And so you're really open to meeting new people, but then you get into your cliques and Mm. you get comfortable and then someone else new shows up maybe you're not so into it or you just don't meet as many new people because you're in a different mindset you know you're not as open Mm. and i try to stay open because of that like even in our um this is a little inside baseball maybe hopefully people don't mind me talking about this but in our zed head group from the patreon Mm. we had this uh i started it a few years back people connected right away we had all this fun in there and uh you know, people got close and started being 
supportive of each other and all this. And then uh, a year passed and I was like, okay, I want to try to get some new blood in here. I'm going to open it up for a free November to let people in. And there was a lot of resistance to that. No, we don't want, Mm. what, what if people come in and change the vibe of the place? And I'm like, well, you guys didn't know each other before this started, you know, it, 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 you have to, it's scary to let someone new in, but you know, you never know who you're going to meet. And then we did it. And then some people who have become some of the like most engaged and loved people in the group came in and, you know, so I just, I understand what you're saying. And it's sort of the Nikki and Paolo thing on loss. Like who the fuck are these people? But um, (laughs) for me, I, I don't, I don't, need it to be just about the people we already care about because god i find i feel like an ass for even saying this because i sound kind of preachy but i'm always just trying to stay open to new people and you know i think she may Aaliyah may be alive and she may come back into it later too i don't know if that oh i think that is almost guaranteed yeah Yeah. um i i I don't think for one minute this was an episode without an agenda like i think it's it's majorly signposting future things i think but I just, if, yeah, I take your point. Um, I do hate new people. No, I'm joking. I don't hate new people. Um, <laughs> I think, I don't know. I just, there was something about it that really didn't cl- like click for me. Yeah. I felt like that about Michonne and Rick when they first hooked up. Yeah, that's so funny because we were on different sides of that. I had wanted them <laughs> to be together. And then they had that makeout scene and I thought it felt weird. And I got in trouble <laughs> for even saying that from a lot of listeners. But um, that's just <laughs> how I felt. And and it started to feel more natural as, as time went on. But anyway, sometimes mm. it just like romance and love are, are tricky to get right on screen sometimes. <laughs> I think they are and I think this show isn't great at it. I think that is I mean that's kind Sometimes, of one of my yeah. one of my notes is I think this show can really it can be swing and a miss. Sometimes like we've had some weird couples like Sasha and Abraham was one yeah, where we were all a bit like really? for sure. Um but Bob and Rosita, Sasha was awesome. Bob and Sasha was so nice. Rosita and Abraham kind of made sense but now Rosita's with, you know, Gabriel, which is fine i guess um you you know it's there are some things that i think are i don't know sometimes i think it's a comment on like what life is like after the apocalypse when you know your options are maybe a bit more limited (laughs) um (laughs) but some of these pairings have really um felt like a lot of chemistry and others to me have not quite always been that way been felt weird and then maybe they've settled in and felt better but like rosine and abraham i thought they felt pretty natural Mm-hmm. They they know. were on the same kind of I Maggie don't know you could believe they came from the same same book you know what I mean like they came from the off the pages of the same comic kind of thing whereas other ones you're just like mm. but I think I don't know I mean part of it is this reticence on my part to like spend time with people who are probably not going to be as central to the plot going forward and I think. Yeah, there were some bits of the the kind of montage that were very beautiful. Like the scene where they're watching the eclipse was shot really lovely. Um, I didn't love the two of them being in the tree all cute because that's basically exactly what happened with Carl and Enid, which is a really weird echo to have in a scene. I was like, oh, the last time this happened, it was two awkward teenagers trying not to kiss. So that's fun. Yeah, that reminded (laughs) me of that for sure. And I think maybe Um, that was a deliberate callback. And the thing mm -hmm. is... Um, it was, there was some heat there, but 
Daryl's response to it was, you, stop coming around to my camp. And I think mm-hmm. the point is that both of these people, I mean, they're very similar and they've both been hurt and decided that they want to go out and be on their own and don't, and nobody fucking bother me. And mm-hmm. so they're kind of, they got their hackles up a little bit, but they're like everyone, you know, underneath, they, they want to find connection or most people anyway. And so anyway, um, I, it, it's very much a trope of, of the love story to find people like this who bristle at each other at first, but then end up falling for each other. But I thought it worked. I, I liked it. Hmm. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Whose number, <laughs> who's number are we on? I've, I think I've de- delved into like three of my other points. I'm on my number four. Okay. 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 What was your number four? Remind it, me. It's Daryl. I did. I haven't said it. Yet. Oh, you're about to say it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's I'm like, Dar- huh? it's Daryl and Leah. Now we've already talked about some of it. Um, yeah, they distrust at first, and she's asking who he is because she's trying to find out his intentions. But she cuts him loose, and I think that she just got a good a feeling that she could trust him because Daryl's like that. You know, he's so uh, straightforward that you you feel like you get what you see with him. I mm. guess. And I, it made sense. And also, I think she liked that her dog liked Daryl. That was a good sign. Dogs are very good judges of character. It's very yeah. true. So she's like, all right, get out of here. Don't make me regret <laughs> this. And then when the romance started brewing, I was like, oh, my God, are they really going to do this? I don't know if I want this, but let's see what happens. And she kind of did remind me of like, I don't know if you saw Dances with Wolves, but Stands with a Fist. Yeah. Big hair. <laughs> she was and, very sort of like ethereal mountain woman yeah yeah what was around her neck was it a squirrel or a fox this like took this really distracted me i think (laughs) it was either a really big old squirrel or quite a small fox answers on a postcard please i think (laughs) you know what really turned me around because at first i was having some of the same feelings that you were but for me when she told her story i think that made me feel like oh she she feels like a real person to me now she's lost this little boy and mm. I, my heart melted <laughs> for her. Um, and when she gave him that ultimatum, though, I felt resentful. I'm like, um, you got to choose me or going out and looking for Rick. I'm like, well, why don't you go out with him? Maybe that would be a solution, you know, but then it would make it a quality couple's time activity. Yeah. We've all had to do a bit of that in lockdown. Take like, the dog. geez, it's not that hard. Take the dog, <laughs> make a day of it, pack a picnic. <laughs> like- yeah, but that's one of those things where uh, they're just going for the drama, I feel like, um, mm. over what makes sense. Uh, but, uh, that I also had feelings like, oh, wow, that whole time he was flirting with Connie, I thought that was the first time he had a spark with someone since the show started and maybe ever mm-hmm. in his life. But it turns out, nope, he'd been getting some on the side before that. <laughs> I, you know, I'm per Connie. She thought she was the first. <laughs> it ah, turns she's out fine. she wasn't. <laughs> but uh, I uh, like that they're similar and... Um, I was kind of bummed that Daryl wasn't the one who named Dog Dog because that seems like something he would do. But I think part of the point of that is to show that they are similar, that she did something that maybe he would have done. Mm. I also like that it felt like she made an impression on him. 
uh, one little thing is she calls them the dead. And later when he's talking to Carol, he says too many of the dead out here. So he's instead of too many walkers, Mm -hmm. he's using her language. And then also um, in the present day, Carol is saying, you know, being pessimistic, saying that this is all going to catch up to us eventually. And Daryl says, only if we let it, I ain't going to let it. And then you see in flashback that Daryl had said, you know, this is all going to catch up to us. And she said, only if you let it. So Mm. I read that as he let some of that optimistic nature of hers um, rub off on him, which was nice. Mm. And then just uh, how they part, um, she gives him that ultimatum. And I uh, apparently he chose Rick because there's a commercial break. And next thing you know, he's back out in his little makeshift camp and uh, Carol meets up with him. And I I didn't understand why, but um, he got a bad feeling and ran back to the cabin. And I guess she was gone, but dog was still there. And was her stuff, some of her stuff gone or I, I was. The photo was gone. That. Um, okay. The photo was gone, which so makes maybe me she think ran away. she, she left for a reason. Um, but why leave the dog? To the, yeah, I don't so know. That confused sign. me too. That really confused me. But he says, you know, I belong with you. Find me. So he's decided that he made a mistake in leaving her, but now he's too late. So I feel like. Yeah, because of the way it ended, that there's a decent chance she'll be out there. Maybe they'll meet up with her in the spinoff or something. I don't really care that much either way, whether she's in it anymore. Fine mm. if she is, fine if she's not. I'm I'm ambivalent. I mean, on a, like, I know I said I was grumpy because, uh, <laughs> you know, if we're going to spend this time with her, then... Rah, rah, rah. Yeah. Um, but I don't feel like... I think it says a lot that... I left it not caring whether we saw her again or not like that. I don't know. It seems to say something to me about how invested I was in it. Me being like, well, guess we might never see her again. Okay. Bye. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I feel like that might say something for me too. Like I did enjoy the character, but I'm not like clamoring for more. And I feel like for me, the heart of the episode was more about, well, Daryl and Carol, which I'm going to talk about, Mm -hmm. but also, um, the, this whole concept of found family and just um, getting to feel a little bit more connected with Daryl, which I haven't always been watching this show. Whereas, yeah, I do care if Connie comes back. Like, I do want Connie yeah. to come back, which I think is interesting because we've seen far less kind of tacit romance between the two of them. But I, I, I want to see her again. I want that payoff. Whereas this one, I'm like, eh, it's fine. I really think there's a decent chance that if Leo was in just a couple more episodes, that you might come to feel more connected who knows i think i I do think so i think it is just like a lot was crammed into one episode and i feel like it it just for me in myself it didn't land um but i know i I think it's going to be a divisive episode i think there's going to be people who really like it and people who really don't um and i'm kind of they did a um a spoiler warning on this which i thought was interesting because usually they don't really spoiler warn on um Spoiler warning on East and on the I was about to say EastEnders, which is a bloody British <laughs> soap. I don't know why I'm talking about that. I'm so sorry. Uh, they usually don't do that on The Walking Dead, um, so we haven't had much of a reaction or a buzz around it going into it. So I am really intrigued to see what reviews say and what fans say about it because I do think I don't know. I'm like, am I wrong? <laughs> like, well, do I, I would to? say that whether it's polarizing or not, you're never wrong about your own opinion. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, yeah. that's a nice way of looking at it. <laughs> um, well, I'll talk about Leah for my number three and sort of Leah and Daryl and the the romance there. Um, I So yeah, there's a lot of department of suspension of disbelief here about where Leah is geographically. Why when someone is tied up in the show, they never just untie them. They always have to get a knife out. I'm like, oh, just untie people. And, Jeez. And try to have that moment where you think she's going to stab her. Or, yeah. Where I'm like, <laughs> she's not going to stab him. Come on. We're like, come on, guys. Um, I, yeah, Lee and Daryl. I don't know. I thought it was interesting that they didn't show them kissing or anything. I really thought that was an interesting directorial choice. And I realized when I was reading my notes that it really made it sound like I, I'm just looking to watch some softcore on like my podcasting. <laughs> you would have preferred not, that, you think? I don't know if I would have preferred it. I don't think I would have, but I thought it was interesting that they didn't. You yeah. know, they've never shied away. Originally, the script had uh, full penetration, but they just <laughs> needed to dial it back. <laughs> we'll be discussing that on the Walking Dead adult After edition, Dark. which... Yeah comes out in two weeks time <laughs> i just i thought i just thought oh you've kind of no that's a bad way of phrasing it. I was like, you've gone some of the way but you haven't gone all the way but another part <laughs> of me was a bit like stick to the landing like if you're gonna do this show it don't make it this kind of arty montage like show daryl kissing someone show this kind of romantic connection so that kind of it's nebulous risky. thing yeah <laughs> i don't know um for me there's a little mystery about where she's gone. I think she maybe just moved on, but it's interesting to wonder why Dog didn't go with her. Yeah. There were some moments of comedy between the two of them that I quite liked. like. I love that Daryl's flirting technique is to throw a dead fish at someone's door. Like, wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm from like rural North Scotland where there's a lot of fishing and I've never even heard of that. So that's, you <laughs> that's know, awesome. that's a move. Um, and there was a couple of lines that really made me giggle where he's like, why you stone stuff me (laughs) (laughs) the energy of this courtship is intriguing um yeah i don't know maybe it is growing on me i'm not sure i think for (laughs) leah i think they needed to go a bit bigger than just female daryl dixon and i think they tried but i think it would need a couple more episodes to fully get there for me um their interaction about dog's name was also quite funny at least you won't forget what he is which i thought was hilarious um (laughs) And some of the kind of dynamic of like, you know, they have this big walker attack and he sort of storms off and she's like, name's Leah, as she storms off. And, you know, they're clearly very similar in temperament. And I thought it was also interesting that Carol clearly knew about her. Like Daryl had told her stuff about her before. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's good. Because often you're like, why didn't he ever say anything? But here they just sort of suggested, oh, yeah, he's talked about her a little bit. Cool. And I think with this episode, yeah, and I think with this episode, you get a sense of the scope of the time of the show. Like, we're not going to see everything that happens in an eight-year period, but we do see, you know, Daryl and Carol have talked a little about this. It's not all completely secret. I'm intrigued to know how much Leah and Daryl were seeing each other kind of in between the flashcards of time. So, surely, I mean, it didn't seem like her cabin was that far away. Surely they must have bumped into one another between these kind of meat cutes that we see uh but who knows who knows um my notes are i'm just looking at these and i'm like my notes are very grumpy um underneath the kind of fight they have i've just written this escalated quickly and instead of simon going boo 
bullshit. I've written ultimatum, <laughs> which I clearly thought was really funny. Um, yeah, it, it was interesting. They, she's a good actress. Like, it wasn't awful. I just feel like her story was maybe a bit contrived. Um, and it said a lot of things... I felt, and it's funny that you didn't feel this because it's usually you that mentions this, but I feel like it explicated too much. And I think there was a bit where she's giving him the ultimatum where she like just really neatly lays out the options of like, where do you belong? With me searching for your dead brother or with the family you abandoned because things got hard? And I'm like, I mean, people don't necessarily talk in these clearly defined options with lots of kind of explanation in them but sure whatever well i think here's the thing is with that maybe um to defend it sometimes when you're arguing things can get really black and white it's either this or that you know Mm -hmm. so i would say the part about do you want to be here with me or be with your out looking for your dead brother makes sense but maybe then to add in or with your other family that you abandoned maybe that was a bit exactly <laughs> that was the bit that got me i was like okay dead brother versus being with me family like, or the yeah. family you abandoned because of your emotional <laughs> issues i was like okay yep cool yeah, we, all, we, right. we know there was an ad break but we do remember <laughs> the plot uh, <laughs> so yeah i mean daryl and leah let's see how it goes but i would say so we leave it about a year and a half ago and i just i can't help but feel that you know daryl's maybe moving on a bit with connie and that's okay yeah 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 i think uh absolutely i mean even maybe that whole experience left him more open to something like that yeah i think that's a really good interpretation of it sort of wouldn't have been as open to connie yeah yeah like laid the groundwork for it and like for the record like i i've always been a big advocate for this kind of ambiguity around daryl's like sexual identity because i think it's really good to have a strong male lead who isn't I don't know, a Lothario or, you know, he who just kind of is and like we don't put labels on it and we don't necessarily force things on him either way. Um, I definitely don't have this idea of like, well, they didn't make Daryl gay or they didn't make him asexual, so I'm not watching anymore. Like, that's not how I feel about it. But I'm, it, it, it's such a fundamental part of Daryl's character up to about season nine that he hasn't had that, that it does feel weird now to be thinking about those kind of things in relation to him it but does. like you say denying someone that or not allowing them the capacity to evolve that's not cool either so you know this is where we are now yeah i mean it's like if one of your friends hadn't had a girlfriend for six years and then they did and you'd be like what are you doing that's not you it's like uh-huh. you <laughs> <laughs> it's like but it is me and i'm like no it's not my conception of you or what you should be you know you can't do that and you don't want it and it's it's hard on shows as well because i mean i remember like the women at walker store and some of the men you know coming up to see daryl and see norman Reedus. like he's yeah. got this huge very um emphatic fan base and it was funny when we were watching this episode my partner said to me he's like do you think if it feels almost like this episode is just put in here to show that daryl's not gay and i'm like yeah a few seasons ago i probably would have agreed with you but i think it's it's a bit more about character exploration now i don't think it's a, a no homo situation i think it's i think it's more than that yeah i mean i i think well i think it's a reflection of of carol and daryl which which mm. leads me into my third point go for it I'm not talking about romance at all. No. Um, I'm talking about their relationship, though. And it's interesting that as this episode opens up, Carol's being her goofy, friendly, teasy self. 
you know, oh, I, I can do a sewing machine. Maybe I can start up your bike and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's trying so hard. Yeah. And he's gruff and not really, you know, like, oh, whatever. I didn't say you could come with me. And she just hops on. That's really funny. And it's like, man, I guess she's in a better mood now that Alpha and the Whispers are, are gone. Mm-hmm. But I was like, why Why exactly is he so upset? I, I couldn't quite figure it out. And at first, I thought it was all about what happened with Connie. And Carol says, uh, you know, Daryl losing Leah, that's not on you. Neither was Rick oh, this, or Connie. And this Darryl, is amazing. Like, gets tense and <laughs> no, that's on you. So Oofed. he blames Carol for losing Connie and possibly killing her because she set off those explosions in the cave, if people don't mm. remember, so she could try to destroy the horde. And um, she says, I'm sorry for Connie, but I'm not sorry about going after the horde and making Alpha pay for killing Henry because I was right. And he goes, well, I guess that's what's important. But um, you being right. But um, so then I go off on this whole thing. Okay, I guess Daryl, you know, he's part of this episode was him blaming himself for the people who have died or possibly died in his life. Like Mm. maybe Rick, Leah, Connie, all of whom could actually be alive, by the way. Um, (laughs) And so he's judgmental about about Carol because she's sort of reckless in her decision making sometimes. And so I thought maybe that was it. But then Carol says, this isn't just about Leah or Connie or anyone else. Is it? Why don't you just say what you want to say? He goes, you shouldn't have come hunting. I wanted to help. No, you wanted to run. So you ran. What? Alexandria, what the skins did. I.e., I think that means the whispers cutting off the Mm. heads of some of the people and putting them on pikes. You couldn't deal with the guilt. So you made it my problem. So I think this is what he's talking about is after Henry died that way and Carol went looking for alpha, she went on a boat with the ocean siders. Pirate Carol. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Carol says, your only problem is thinking you have to save everybody. I don't need a savior, Daryl. And I don't need a martyr. I just need a friend. Dell says friends don't have the same damn conversation over and over again. I'm like, they kind of do actually. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, then she goes, oh, is that what's happening here? Because this is new to me. This is this is what's been happening. I'm sick of it. Carol says, well, then you should have just let me get back on the boat. Well, that's about when Carol came back on the boat she, just for a visit. But Daryl said he didn't want her to go. And that's when he said she was his best friend. And she's like, what are you, 10 best friends? That mm-hmm. whole cute scene. But now he says, I should have. I stopped you from running and I shouldn't have. Want to run? Run. I know where I'm supposed to be. I won't stop you this time. And she's been known to run. That's one of her characteristics. She, she'll she just take off sometimes. And even though she seems back now and totally open to wanting to be friends, I think what this is all about is that Daryl had chosen her as his family. She's his best friend. Basically, if Rick is his brother, Carol is his sister. Mm. And... She's been so reckless and running away lately that he feels abandoned by her and he's hurt and doesn't want to have to rely on her uh, and get hurt again. And all throughout this episode during the flashbacks, she comes to visit him and she's saying things like, you know, I would come to see you more, but I've got Ezekiel and Henry. And he's like, what do you want my permission? You you go do what you want to do. But I feel like in that is just this hurt, like you left me and you know, I, I can't count on you. And, and so just get out of here and leave me alone. Cause I can't trust you. And he wants to though, you know, he, mm. he loves her and she loves him. And 
and now at the end of this, it's in the middle of a fight, but they're kind of stuck together because they have to survive and they're in this cabin that needs repair and they're going to repair it. And I feel like that's a metaphor for all the repair that needs to happen in their relationship. But I just think that's really central to this episode. That's all about found family and this sort of um, fractured relationship between Daryl and Carol because he wants to have her as a sister, but just can't risk getting hurt by her again. I think that's like at the core of this episode. Mm. That's so interesting. And it's like, I think my Carol and Daryl were going to be my number one, but I'll scoot them up to my number two to, mm-hmm. to kind of chime in on this. Yeah. It was a funny dynamic. Cause yeah, Carol's you get these points in relationships and friendships where you're kind of over it and the other person isn't and you just want them to be over it with you you're like but i'm fine now i'm not mad anymore let's move on and they're obviously like i'm not over it yet give me time and she's like no no it's cool this thing but it takes more than time with carol because Uh she doesn't know what i don't know if she's totally aware of what she did i mean carol she for daryl to get past it maybe he would need to know that she's aware that he hurt she hurt him by just leaving him or mm-hmm. if that if i'm reading it right but it also uh, i'm sorry to interrupt but just to get this one last point in that um it reminded me of judith and daryl's conversation recently where she's a, she says she didn't tell him michonne was helping other people or something because she was afraid that daryl would leave her mm-hmm. and he says well you know i can't promise you i will never leave but you have a whole lot of family back there and nothing can take the place of someone you love being gone, but that doesn't mean everything that follows is going to break your heart. So I guess there he's sort of trying to prepare her for what he's gone through. Like Mm -hmm. you got to be ready for people you love to leave you, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. And you get the real sense that like Daryl and Carol, their lives in this episode are being pulled in different directions. And it was funny, the scenes where you see the two of them meet and the two of them kind of um, talking to one another over the the river, I was having to kind of, in my mind, rewind and be like, what's happening at this point in the story? Like, these are the years we don't know much about. Is there something Carol's not telling him? Like, what's going on here? And there's the sense of, like, trying to hold on to that connection even when your lives are... Because it happens in, like, normal life all the time. You know, people grow apart, your lives take you in different directions. But in the zombie apocalypse, I don't know, it seems like relationships have so much more meaning, you know? Like, the meaning that they attach to their relationship with, like, Maggie, because she was there right from the start. Like, the shared history they have is is powerful. Um, it's about what you've been through together. And I did laugh out loud at the line about Connie um, because I was like, they're not going to go there. Oh, they're going to go there. Like, it's not your fault, Connie. And it's like, no, it's your fault. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting, because what you were saying about them being kind of physically stuck together at the moment, um, you know, for the night in this cottage, neither of them did run away. And Carol, at a point when maybe she would have run away before, just said, I'm going to go and fix the door now. So it's like they've reached this point of friendship where... There's so much water under the bridge that nothing's really going to break them. Like, I feel like if the Connie thing isn't going to break them, then what would at this point? I mean, I don't know, though, because Carol is saying at the beginning of this episode, you know, it feels like, you know, maybe our time is up. Like, this is going to catch up to us. And I'm like what come on you've been in the zombie apocalypse for 12 years or whatever at this point you've been through so much why would you suddenly start being afraid and the only way i could make that make sense is because in the end when 
it's clear to Carol that Daryl's hit a wall with her. Like you can run away now. I, I won't stop you. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes people get to that point where like, Oh shit, they're serious. Um, mm-hmm. That maybe that's what subconsciously was going on with her, that she just senses that Daryl's done with her. Like he's never been before. I thought it was interesting though, that she sticks to her guns. Like she doesn't yeah, say, I was she's right. like, yeah. I, she's like, I'm sorry about Connie, but I would do it. Like, basically I would do it again, you know, I or know. I, I was right. And I, that kind of made me respect Carol a little bit more again. I was like, huh, yeah, yeah good on you. Cause it would be worse <laughs> if she was like, I killed her and then I'm it was so a mistake. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Where she's like, well, you know, I still haven't forgiven her done. for killing Karen and David though. Oh man. That I'll was never the, who. That. We loved those characters so much. We knew so much about them. I don't care. I, I, it doesn't <laughs> matter to me whether I like a person. I don't think any human should be killed. No. For no it was, reason. I mean, especially given what we've been through in the last year with COVID, I'm a bit like, glad don't live with Carol. <laughs> that would have been awkward. <laughs> yeah. I think I've got COVID Like symptoms. I remember, I may have mentioned this on a podcast one time, but one time after Walker Stalker, we were doing a live podcast and I was up on stage with... Uh, with uh chad coleman by the way and james and everybody oh, yay. and um there was an audience it was after that ep- the episode where uh i think rick banished carol because mm-hmm. found out she killed karen and david and i'm like i don't blame him he, you know she should have conferred with the group or quarantined them or something and people were like boo carol's my girl and all this and i was <laughs> like well what if let's say instead of karen and david that were sick what if it was glenn and carol killed glenn and the girl the woman in the audience goes that's different (laughs) (laughs) i was like okay it's just my flu there please don't burn me uh yeah (laughs) that's different i love heckles that make sense heckle dialogue it's it's great um i thought it was interesting this kind of back and forth of people not figuring out when to stop you know daryl can't figure out when to stop searching and carol can't figure out when to stop murdering people i guess no um she can't figure out when to stop her kind of quest for revenge and i thought it was interesting that sometimes i feel the things that when you really don't get on with someone or someone really gets to you or really hits a nerve or sometimes when you really really love someone a lot of the times that comes from the things you recognize of yourself in the other person and i know there's people i've met in my life where i've been like oh boy, is this what I'm like? Is this is this me? Absolutely. Is the reason I don't like this person because they remind me of what I see as my bad points? And I feel like with Daryl and Carol, there's that mirror aspect yeah, of the stubbornness of like, I'm not going to stop searching and I'm not going to stop fighting. Do you want to go on a bike ride? Okay. Like it's, it's this sort of stalemate there. Um, yeah, it's such an interesting dynamic. And I thought their scenes really popped this episode and it was nice to see Melissa McBride doing something that isn't as heavy in some ways. I mean, obviously it goes to heavy places, but it was nice to see a more lighthearted Carol for a little while because she's really, I mean, God, we say this every season, but she's really been through the ringer, you know, and the Whisper storyline was about deep-rooted grief and anger, and it was kind of nice to see her come out the other end of that, but that sort of apprehension about luck running out was was real. And Daryl sort of... It's funny, in a way I'm like, is she just looking for reassurance from her friend or is she genuinely worried about this and in either yeah. way she doesn't really get that reassurance back but she oh. does spear a fish so good on her because yeah. i imagine that's quite difficult i think it must be easier than daryl thinks because everyone's doing it and it's fine i think I it, it looked awfully it. like the fish wasn't moving i'm like mm, if that <laughs> yeah. fish was already dead i is maybe it, wouldn't I eat it, it was dead. yeah, it might yeah be like, good. like 
<laughs> well, they're now going to be stuck in the cabin with bad food poisoning together. So have fun with that. <laughs> I mean, I think as we mentioned last week, we know there's going to be this Daryl Carroll spinoff. So there's not much mystery about whether their friendship's going to end. Unless mm. it's like I said, that the spinoff is them handcuffed together and they just can't uh, get apart. But um, I was sort of wondering if this episode was conceived as a proof of concept for a Carol mm-hmm. Daryl spinoff. And I, wondered I don't that. know. But I yeah. like I like uh I like their vibe that they're teasing and stuff. I don't know if it's as entertaining as Walking Dead hopes or thinks it is, but I'm not mm. sure. Maybe it is. I'm not sure. What do you I mean, I think it's really cute when they tease each other, so I don't know. What about you? It felt fresh and bubbly in this episode, but I was like, yeah. is this enough to sustain a full spin-off? Like what's what's gonna happen here? But what I will say is I don't usually watch um ride with norman reedus it's just it doesn't tend to be on in the uk and i i've missed the last few but i did watch the one with him and melissa mcbride um largely because they went up to aberdeen in scotland which is where i was born and i'd heard rumors a couple of years ago that like daryl and carol were in aberdeen and i was like that sounds weird um (laughs) and watching the two of them as themselves as friends doing this kind of journey together into Scotland and going to these bars where like near where Melissa McBride's family had had come from they've clearly got cracking chemistry like and a lot of that I think comes from the strong friendship that they have and I think the thing with the Daryl and Carol spin-off is just like we just don't know what it's going to be like we don't know we don't know what format it's going to take we don't know what you know what to expect from it and i'm i'm kind of being open-minded about it but i'm also there is a bit of worry there that i'm like please don't ruin one of a the best kind of relationships the show has and two of the strongest performers by doing it to death so i'm a little yeah i kind of want more info yeah before i i mean this could either be an after mash or a Frasier, you know, or somewhere yeah. in between. So we'll see. I'm I'm not expecting much, to be honest, but I'm hopeful. It's funny because I was thinking the other day, I was so... The, the one most recently where I had like the most like, I really don't care about this, it's going to be shit, was WandaVision. And I was so wrong about that, that I'm now like, maybe my opinions aren't good and I should just not judge things before I've seen them. So I'm trying to be more open-minded. It's my New Year's resolution in March. Yeah, that's always a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. But never Leah. Never with Leah. Nope. Close-minded on that one. Don't like new people. <laughs> hey, you got to pick and choose. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, where are we now? Are you. Uh, that was, I boosted that to my number two. So so my two? turn, right? Okay. It's about the timing, which we've talked a little bit about is interesting because the current day parts of this episode are probably the most, you know, furthest in the walking dead timeline that we've seen, which is just Carol and Daryl going out to get scraps from a fallen tree to help patch up the wall at Alexandria mm-hmm. and repair the whisper damage and also hunt. Um, but all the flashbacks, happen in case people need a reminder in the six or so year time jump in between season nine episode five when 
Rick was taken away in the helicopter and season mm-hmm. nine, episode six, where there was that time jump and we saw little Judith and first met um, Luke and his crew. <gasps> remember how Luke, remember how Luke didn't die in the finale. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We forgot to mention too, when we were mentioning all the episodes that we did uh, in between during the hiatus that we interviewed Dan Fogler. That was a good one too. We did. It was so fun. I think yeah. Dad Fogler and Jason are brothers from another mother. You guys had the same <laughs> lockdown here going on. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so anyways, uh, let's see. So the first flashback says five years ago. And Daryl asks Carol how Michonne is and she doesn't know. And I think that's because I think, okay, so I think actually uh, from the time Rick left to right now, current day is about seven years, actually. So there was a mm-hmm. six year time jump and then about a year, I guess, of whisper stuff that we've seen over the last couple of seasons. That seems right, because we had a big wintry storm, which I think indicated yeah. that a few months had passed. Right. So from when Rick left till now is about seven years. So that means if this was five years back, it's about two years after uh, Daryl left looking for Rick. And we see uh, and Carol says that she goes, it's been two years. How long are you going to be out here? And also Daryl asks Carol how Michonne is and she doesn't know. And that's because of all that stuff that happened where Michonne's, I guess, friend, right, that she knew, Jocelyn, showed up with a bunch of kids. Those feral kids. I had 100% forgotten about them and then was like, oh, yeah, didn't Daryl and Michonne get kidnapped by some feral yeah. kids? <laughs> and so, yeah, kid, she kidnapped the kid, some of the kids from Alexandria and Michonne had, and somehow Daryl, I think he had already been out, but he came back or something. And mm-hmm. so um, they got branded by these people and... I guess uh, Jocelyn, I forget exactly the details, but what I remember the most is she sent the kids to attack Michonne and then Michonne had to kill mm-hmm. them all. Sounds rough. Just another day in the Walking Dead universe, <laughs> <Yeah>. isn't it? <laughs> like, um, and then it's also during this time that Maggie took Herschel off and went with Georgie, which Carol mentions to Daryl here. And um, mm. then uh, this is also five years ago when he sees Dog for the first time as a cute little mm. puppy. Oh, and then he just he just goes up and licks him and runs away, and then Daryl doesn't see him again for another year. I guess what human person with a beating heart wouldn't go and find that puppy? I was like, Daryl Dixon, don't <laughs> let that puppy. puppy run away. And he's yeah. just like, okay, bye. And I'm like, oh, obviously, <laughs> right. go and find the puppy. <laughs> <laughs> but he was really tender with him while he was there. Oh, oh so cute. Oh, uh, then the second flashback is one year after that, so this is mm-hmm. about three years after Rick left, and four years before now um it's the second time he meets dog and this was right out of lassie it's dog comes up woof woof what is it boy (laughs) timmy's in the well um (laughs) but that's when the dog leads him to leah and he gets Mm -hmm. held captive and then she ends up letting him go then the third flashback is six months after that where Mm -hmm. uh dog comes onto daryl's camp yet again and um he takes the dog back to leah and his face is scratched i think that's an untold story right i think so i was like is this i I was racking my brains like does this have significance i don't think it does i think it's just yeah just one of those things and this is where they have that they're running from walkers and they have that moment in the tree the Mm. carl enid kind of moment but then daryl's like get away from me and then uh three months (laughs) later is so it's about 
three years and three months before now, um, Daryl leaves Leah a fish for some reason. <laughs> I love it. That's it's an ancient mating bro. ritual. <laughs> right. And she gets pissed. But then um, she sees that he has, uh, what is it? Frost nip on his fingers. Yeah. I've never heard it called that before. No. But, Maybe know, it's a southern I've... thing. And uh, then that's where they really start to bond. And she tells him about her life. And one thing leads to another. And then... <laughs> 10 months later, so that's significant because it means that Daryl and Leah spent 10 months living together and bonding and everything. And then this is where she gives him that ultimatum. And then it, a commercial break happens, and that's when he's out. You see him camping by himself. So we don't know how much later than that this is, but he, for some reason, a spidey sense goes off and he goes back to the cabin and she's gone. Mm. So I don't know how long he was away before he decided to go back and check on her. Yeah, that that was weird to me because it could have been a week, it could have been a, a month. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's hard to know, and I think that yeah, the kind of slightly shady geography of the area makes it a bit more confusing. I think, but yep. yeah, I, that tracks for me. So, and then, and lastly, just that. So, I think Daryl left soon after Rick disappeared. I don't know if we know exactly mm-hmm. how soon after, but he was gone during that whole six year time jump, and then after the time jump, you know, back in season nine we see Carol take Henry to meet Daryl and try to convince him to come back. And uh, he says he never found Rick's body, but got used to living in the woods and they do convince him to go back to Hilltop with him and they need help with everything. And Carol wants him to watch over Henry. Whoops. Sorry about that. Um, he's been back with the group ever since. <laughs> yeah. It, I liked that they kind of had it like he keeps in touch. Like he's not just out yeah. there on his own. Like they do kind of, he does there is a connection there and i like that that that's more realistic than like i'm just gonna go out and come back when you know the wind or something like it's no that that's cool i like that but one thing about that is if he's he's this tracker we've seen him tracking people he's following a trail and then he'll go oh like with uh i think it was herschel just last episode herschel's trail went cold here like maybe that's when he climbed up a tree i don't know but um here he is for six years looking for rick two years into it he says there's a spot up at the river i haven't checked yet what did you do check every spot around that one spot jason what year? was he doing for all why those don't you years? check that I was spot like, How and big then is maybe this river? yeah and then maybe it's okay i could see i've only gotten so far along the river but there, it's the way he put it there's one spot that he just hasn't checked yet and, just, and two it's I'm like, like for six years you you know that he's not like you're a tracker what are you looking for? And why why don't you expand your area a little bit? He's 10 months. He's just right next to this cabin. Like he just needs to walk over a few trees and there's Leah. I think he could have gone to like the north of Canada and the south of Mexico and come back in that time. And instead like he's he like, did yeah. a pretty shit job. <laughs> he's like, oh, honest. there's like a, a boat or something. With I mean, like Rick is alive. Like, if he was a good yeah. tracker, he would have been in. <laughs> where is Where are they again? Where are they going in World Beyond? Oh. Uh, New York or something. New York, Rochester, yeah. Rochester. Yeah, I, I like this is what I mean about the geography of this magic river, where yeah. like they don't notice this very nice cabin that this girl is living it's in. A and huge like, plot hole that he was out for six years and got nowhere, and seemed like he barely you know, he was within like a ten mile radius or something. But I mean. Jason, to be fair, we did see him lose his map, so that probably set him back, you know? <laughs> and like, that no, too, he's sitting there with his map, map, right? There's 
torrential rain coming down and he's like, doo, doo, doo. And then I'm not going to take my map down. Yeah. What's the problem? Then some extra water comes down and tears it. And he's like, what? No, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> it was like a really dramatic, like, I don't know, Guns and Roses video of him being like, no. You should have taken like, that down, taken down when it started drizzling. Like, oh. You've got a waterproof rucksack, you dipshit. Like, take it down. <laughs> like, my patience for Daryl wore quite thin at that point. I was like, well, there was an easy way to avoid that little yeah. football, mate. Like, <laughs> oh, man, Daryl, the world's worst trekker. It took him six years to go up two miles of river. <laughs> and find nothing. All right, what's find literally one? nothing. Um, it's Daryl's tracking skills. No, it's not at all. Um, I, I just, I wanted to appreciate dog uh puppy dog was just so cute and i was actually i got quite concerned halfway through because i was like gosh dogs older than i thought and i'm like how long do those dogs live so i went and looked it up and i just like everyone to know that the average lifespan for an alsatian or german shepherd is 9 to 13 years so dog's good he's well under the average threshold for when these dogs will usually pass away so we will have many more years of dog to come Um, does dog have to run alongside the motorcycle all the time that seems a little it's so harsh or something so harsh like poor little dog having to run um part of me did grumble like i looked over at peter and just grumbled i was like i'd like this episode better if it was just about daryl and dog (laughs) he was like would you really and i'm like yeah he was like okay (laughs) but no it was nice to get a bit of backstory to dog and how he came to be and how devoted he is to daryl is cute um yeah he's clearly i was thinking as well what an advantage a dog must be in terms of finding things and sniffing things out clearly carol and daryl use him for that purpose of sniffing out food and stuff when they find new places so yeah my number one was that i really enjoyed spending more time with dog but you know i would rather have watched an hour of backstory about dog than about leah but that's (laughs) my personal preference so there we are maybe dog will hook up next episode (laughs) <laughs> he finds like, I hate a nice this poodle <laughs> <laughs> a nice lady poodle from a different settlement yeah. <laughs> cute I agree I, I, I love dog I'm glad that Daryl got a dog it's so right for his character so and they, this dog is awesome oh it's so good I, I wonder if it's I mean I don't like to think too much about it but I wonder if it's the same dog that it's always been but anyway let's not think about dog mortality that's not happy I think it is I think it is I don't know yeah I'm not sure either I think it is uh, my number one is Department of Suspension of Disbelief, but we've already covered those. So let's go into notes. Got any extra notes? Uh, yeah, Daryl's maps are shit. Um, that was just a random point. I was like, he drew a map for Leah that was basically like a squiggle with a square on it that said camp. Um, I'd thought the episode might be Glenn related with the title Find Me because, you know, his last words were Maggie, I'll find you. But Mm. that was a red herring. I thought Daryl was a little bit mean to Carol at the end. I was like, Daryl, stop being a wang. But then, you know, (laughs) he's been through a lot. Um, I totally forgot Carol had been on the boat. Um, that was something that completely I'd forgotten that she tried to go back after Henry's death um, so that was a, mm-hmm. a wee reminder there and yeah I'd, like I say I'm interested to see the audience response to this because I think having Daryl be implicitly asexual for so long meant a lot to a lot of people so I'm intrigued to see how how that comes across and what people think about it. Yeah me too yeah um Last time we saw the Walking Dead logo in the opening credits, uh, at least 
I think for episode 16, it was on fire. But now that the Whisperer is gone, it's just mossy and it's kind of bloody. So they change. I like how mm-hmm. they subtly change the opening credits. I, I had a moment today where I was like, oh, there's secret writing in them. And I paused it to read the secret writing and then realized it was the writing on my sweatshirt reflected in my laptop screen. <laughs> so I nearly came in with a very misleading note. <laughs> it says Stanford. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, so the, it was a little odd hearing Daryl do the opening recap in his gravelly voice. Mm. last time on the walking dead <laughs> maggie came back i'm like all right cool <laughs> yeah exactly uh and then carol says that jerry's been taking charge a lot more lately and and she likes it i thought that was kind of cool and interesting jerry! I bet we'll see more of that and someone yeah, else they... who like lived which was a surprising because for a while we were you know we weren't sure if jerry was yeah gonna, you know he's very loved so i'm glad jerry's still around He's very loved, as is Cooper Andrews, the, the actor mm-hmm. who plays him. Super cool guy. Yeah, he's lovely. All right, so all said and done, did your rating go up or down after we talked uh, about it? It maybe went up a little. A little maybe tiny. a little. Maybe like a little half a gack. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. Let's take a little break. There is more to come. Stay with us. Loving you isn't the right thing. threat to untold numbers of citizens the people he kills get up and kill are they slow moving chief yeah they're dead they're all messed up this is a walking deadcast news update all right amc.com had an interview with lauren cohan uh there's just one that i thought was kind of interesting they say seeing maggie's son herschel certainly conjures up memories of glenn was it purposeful to have young herschel wear a baseball cap like glenn did early on in the show She's like, no, it was a total coincidence. (laughs) What? Glenn had a baseball cap? (laughs) She says, yeah, so we really wanted to have a nod to Glenn because one of the things that was most important to Angela is to give this sort of shimmer of Glenn still living on in his son. And it was important to have a sense of mischief and a sense of a bit of a twinkle in young Herschel, as well as, Mm -hmm. which to me was just a final beautiful string to the bow, no pun intended, the baseball hat, because he's sort of dressed like his son. Aww. And whether or not Maggie realized this, I think that subconsciously, even she may have sort of dressed him like her husband. It was just a very impactful for me to see him like that. And especially Mm. after the relief of reuniting with Herschel to be in the shipping container, there was a moment when I actually just held the hat and everything came full circle and the beginning of Glenn and meeting him and his heroic willingness to put himself in harm's way and to put himself in danger and to be this ray of light and this beacon I think that it's such a talisman for her to have that again. She needs it. She's going to need that hope and that optimism for the adventure that sits before them. I just like the idea of Lauren Cohan sitting there on set, you know, holding this hat and all of that rushing back to her. 
I always got the feeling I I I mean this could be just predicting. I always got the feeling she and Stephen Yeun are really good friends. I don't know. I think I feel like there's some mystery around that. I hope you're right. I think yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. When I mean feels like there was there was something about some friction at one point, but I don't know if that was between them or just one of them with the show. Maybe that's just what it was, Lauren Cohen with the show or something. I'm not sure. But um, when I was on set for the finale of season two, I'll never forget just being one of the zombies that was scratching at the hood of that Hyundai. And there was mm. uh, Glenn and Maggie inside, you know, Stephen Young and Lauren Cohen. I was just right there at the windshield trying to eat them. And they were just like, I fucking hate you. You're the worst. I don't want to be in a show with you. (laughs) No, they were laughing. That's what I meant to say. They were in there laughing and joking and stuff when the cameras weren't rolling and they seemed like to be having a good time with each other. But that was early on. (laughs) Yeah, I just, she she seemed to, I feel like Lauren Cohen, I don't know, she seemed to take it quite badly when he left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was just the whole, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Den of Geek interviewed Angela Kang. They say, given that a spinoff is on the horizon, is it reasonable to wonder whether Daryl and Carol starring in a full one third of The Walking Dead season 10C is a way to begin to lay the groundwork for their eventual spinoff 24 episodes from now? She's uh, well, according to showrunner Angela King, the answer to that question is a paraphrased and eh, maybe sort of, but not really. As King points mm-hmm. out, The Walking Dead season 11's 24 confirmed episodes represent a big chunk of storytelling before Carol and Daryl strike off on their own. Quote, in the particular place they're at now, it feels pretty far away from where they would have to be in order to go off into their spinoff. But it's part of their ongoing story, Kang says. We've got kind of a long runway to do it because we have 24 episodes in season 11. We felt like we needed to kind of pay off some of the emotional territory we explored with them in season 10, where they were sometimes at odds. There were some dark moments and things were hard, Kang says. They're so close Mm -hmm. and sometimes they're really painful confrontations to be had when that's the case. It's all part of the roller coaster of emotions. Those two will go through together over time. So I guess there's one more episode with them. Maybe they'll resolve some of this because right now they really kind of left it up in the air and in the middle mm. of things with them. You know, it seemed I it really seemed like they would. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead season six B has finished filming. Yay! So good. Isn't that Yay. great? So good. So happy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Garrett Dillahunt recently Instagrammed out, season six complete at long last. Much love, respect, and congratulations to the entire team. Your perseverance and obstacle hurting skills will be forever inspiring to me. Smiles all around. And Austin Emilio, who plays Dwight, wrote, lucky as hell to be a part of Fear the Walking Dead. Love you all. Our little circus made it through the season. A big F you to anything that tried to stop us. Can't wait for all y'all to see it. That's a wrap. I like the thought that we might have more Garrett Dillahunt because I know he was stepping back a little bit um, because of family uh, things. So it would be nice if there's a bit more John Dory in the second yeah. half. Yeah. Yeah. Last we saw he left June. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then last, uh, winteriscoming.net mentioned that Michael Cudlitz recently appeared on Michael Rosenbaum's podcast, Inside of You, to promote his new CBS show, Clarice. And Cudlitz also opened up about his time on The Walking Dead and how AMC wanted to avoid burnout and schedule conflicts among its actors by paying them not to appear at too many conventions. 
Hmm. He said, you, you got a little more each episode not to do X number of conventions. Some people were doing them every weekend and it was interfering with the work schedule. I just thought that was interesting. I didn't know AMC paid That's them really not to do interesting. Many, I lived that with them. I mean, some of them were there. You know, I'd see them every month. Like they'd do Walker Stalker every, just about every month. Cudlitz was at so many of them. Mm, he was. I think it's, it, yeah, I'd never really thought about it from the... Um, network point of view because it is it's a good it's a good earner it's a good thing to do like you can make a lot of money going to a convention but I guess yeah if it starts to impact on your day-to-day performance I guess it does become a network issue and they do have to incentivize it yeah I mean I felt there were definitely times where like somebody who was supposed to be at a convention couldn't because they had to schedule some filming when it wasn't supposed to be scheduled Mm. Or, but also just, yeah, you could tell that it was exhausting to them. And I guess they would go back to work totally exhausted sometimes. <laughs> I remember a few people, I think uh, Tom Payne and maybe Lauren Cohen, the a couple I was at in London, they had to take some time out, like have a look aid and, and a lie down at some points. Because I think it is, it's, it's overwhelming. Those, I mean, so funny to think about those convention halls right now, just in terms of how many people were in one place and touching people (laughs) breathing on one another but yeah they were wild times like really busy empty yeah i know it's nuts that's it for the news now it's time for listener moans groans and grunts Uh, matt man says not my cup of tea thought the whole episode was very boring and i hope the remainder of the pandemic episodes pick up the pace you think they will I'm doubtful, but <laughs> <Me> I, <too>. yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe they will next with Aaron and um, Gabriel. Maybe that'll be exciting. But these are meant to be smaller episodes and more character studies. They've said so. I'm mm-hmm. kind of ready for a bunch of quiet ones like this. Yeah, and I think the fact that they were not planned originally means that there's maybe not a huge narrative purpose to them in terms of moving the plot forward, but who knows? We might be wrong. We might be filling in back stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of was ready for that too. And I, I totally don't mind that. Um, but it's nice even to sort of prepare yourself mentally for it. Like, Oh, these might Mm -hmm. not push the plot forward very much. Um, Simon Martin says, love this episode. Hey, Sheree Morford says, I felt like I was watching a Nicholas Sparks zombie apocalypse romance movie. LOL. (laughs) (laughs) Tina Spivey Houston. I liked it. Thumbs up. Hmm. Jennifer McGinley says, is this the one where Daryl finally gets his hole? (laughs) Oh, I hate that phrase so much. (laughs) (laughs) So classy. Uh, Oh, Jennifer. Chelsea Maria Ray answers, I think it's safe to say Daryl got some. Three cat, cat emojis with stars cat or hearts emojis. in their eyes. Yeah. Uh, you can interpret those certainly. <laughs> right. uh, Tracy Kennedy says, years of fan speculation on this topic. Mm-hmm. Ashley Edward Wolf says, heart, I love this episode. I love Leah. I love Leah and Daryl together. It was an emotional episode. I may have been tearing up on a few occasions. Sad emoji. Now where's Leah? Will Daryl ever find her again? I hope so. Lastly, how adorable was Puppy Dog? paw print emoji so adorable 
Uh, Steve Barr says, it was interesting on a meta level to see that the showrunners were willing to show Daryl in a normal-ish hetero relationship, albeit with someone with similar issues, instead of keeping him TBD. (laughs) By the time Bike and Bake starts, love that name, Bike and Bake, uh, Daryl will have a whirlwind romance in every community they run across, or Carol will finally be a thing. Also, wonder if the two of them on the bike in this episode indicates that's how they'll travel around, unrealistic as that would be. The dialogue from Leah was the weak part of the episode for me, which robbed Leah's emotional moments of their intended punch. I wonder yeah, if they're going to be on, riding around with her on the back and dog running by <laughs> the side. I don't know. that. Especially if dog needs a sidecar or something, if they're going to really be going along distances. He can't yeah. be running along the side. What is, what is bike and bake? Is that what people are saying? Joking. I think that's kind of a joking nickname for what uh, Daryl and Carol's show will be called. (laughs) (laughs) Dana Thorpe Patterson says, agree that Leah's storytelling was weak, but I was happy to see Daryl not only have a close relationship, but realize too late where he belonged. I love the find me plea. Robin Springer says, I kept thinking, wow, Leah's thirsty. (laughs) As the writers ham-handedly showed us the sexual tension between Daryl and Leah, especially when they were hiding at the tree, a la Carl and Enid. (laughs) I think it kind of went back and forth. Like, well, I would never say Daryl was thirsty, but (laughs) he was more open. Like, what's your name? And she's like, I'm not going to tell you. And then later, as soon as he said, you get out of here, that's when she said her name. It's just... It's so funny how people are. You want what you can't Treat have. Treat mean, keep them clean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Brett Swain's, I like that. Brett Swain says, I may be in the minority, but I didn't vibe with this episode. It was a solid episode, but it felt out of place. Daryl's relationships with Carol, Beth, and Connie have all developed over time. We never saw him develop a bond with them in just one episode. I like Leah, and she's a good match for Daryl, but it feels rushed. I hope we see Leah in the show again. She's very interesting. I have a feeling that Daryl is going to burn down this cabin like how he and Beth did to the moonshine shack. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, that's kind of what you're saying. And I, I mean, I, I kind of agree. Like, I don't feel connected to this relationship, um, but it kind of reminds me, You, Lucy and I were talking offline before this, that of like, uh, like Sadiq, where he just kind of came on the show and was just getting to know everyone right before the big time jump. And then after that, I loved how it was, you know, six years later and he was really close with everyone and even had been mm-hmm. in a relationship and already broken up with Rosita, but you could feel the history of that, but we mm-hmm. didn't, we didn't get to experience it. So we just had to kind of, you know, I mean, you, fill for, in the blanks. for me, I understand that it, what happened with Daryl and Leah, they spent 10 months together and got really close and we didn't get to feel it. So it doesn't maybe seem as real to us, but it still doesn't feel unearned to me because they didn't show it, you know? And it's also kind of like with uh, Daryl and Eastman. I mean, not Daryl, Morgan Uh, and Eastman. Yeah, they just had that one episode, but, you know, they had a really... But that that one was, for a single episode, actually better than this one at, even though it was only a single episode, having us feel the depth of their relationship somehow Mm. than Daryl and Leah. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, who Jarrell uh, Jarrell Crowder says it's nice to see Daryl be happy for once. I don't know. It's just hard for me to see him in a romantic setting. It felt a bit out of character, but I have to think about this in the show's timeline, not ours. It's very magnanimous of you, Jarrell. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what I was saying. Yeah. 
Uh, Karen Mm -hmm. Chi has a long one here. This will be a very polarizing episode for many viewers. I feel like the show wanted to wrest proprietary ownership of Daryl from the fandom. Oh, you think you know who he is? We'll tell you who he is. It's the same thing that happened with Carl and thinking he was unkillable. The more I think about Leah, the less I like how the show is forcing us to care for Daryl's inevitable reunion with her. No offense to Lynn Collins, I guess that's the actress, but I'm not going to emotionally invest in a completely new character when we're 10 seasons in and we've only seen her in one episode. Herschel Mm -hmm. Ree is different because he's connected to OG characters. It makes sense for Daryl to finally open up to somebody, but he's not had a romance for 10 years only to erase all that in one episode. And two, Mm -hmm. Daryl and Leah cheapens the sweet Daryl and Connie dynamic. A note here, since we've talked about it in the past, Jason, just because Daryl slept with Leah, it doesn't mean that he isn't asexual. Asexuals can still form romantic relationships or even have sex. They just don't experience sexual attraction like the average person. That said, maybe I shouldn't label him as hetero or homo or asexual. Daryl is just human. Overall, I like seeing what happened to Daryl during the six-year time jump. Like many, Daryl referring to Rick as his brother hit me in the feels. And moments between Melissa and Norman are always phenomenal, whether they're ribbing each other for laughs or out of hurt. P.S. Carol mentions in ten season 10, episode 6, you can't just live with her dog forever. So they already laid the groundwork for this flashback. Huh, huh. I didn't, didn't catch that. She goes, as a single gal, maybe I should try flirting by way of fish throwing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's definitely a tactic. It's it's going to be the next TikTok sensation, <laughs> I think. <laughs> That's the part of your uh, message here, Karen, that stood out to me the most is where you said, um, you know, it feels like you're resentful of the show for forcing you to the show. You said, I feel like the show wanted to wrest proprietary ownership of Daryl from the fandom. I don't know. That kind of gets to me for some reason. I'm like, they're, they're just telling stories, these poor writers, and they tell a story and you're like, you're trying to tell me how, how I should like this character. I'm like, oh, I feel sorry for the writers. <laughs> it's hard, though, because I think Karen raises a good point about how we interpret characters and how creators can can push back or can take it in a different direction and it does it raises a really interesting question about like who who owns the fandom whose interpretations are most important and i I don't know i i think about it a lot because obviously i've been in um like the the harry potter fandoms yeah. for quite well, a star long wars time. nobody liked what and star happened wars. with and luke skywalker and last jedi uh-huh. and yeah. i think with things like potter where for a time they were ostensibly finished and people were like, well, this is how I interpret these characters for the author to then kind of say things that maybe contradict what fans think of the characters. And it happens with Star Wars as well. And, you know, the the new trilogy did a little bit of that. And it, it is difficult because it is about who I don't know. It's about your interpretation, but also about the creator as well. I don't think there's an easy answer. There is. A, it's debatable. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I I think it's a debate worth having. I usually tend to go on to the side of, hey, these writers, I mean, it's like that thing I was talking about, about when you start college and you are open to new things, but then you kind of get set in your ways with your clique. And as a podcaster, sometimes I like 
the idea. I mean, I haven't much, but of trying new things. And I know when I have uh, some listeners, I mean, like, you don't, you don't usually do that. You know, they get upset and I'm like, I want to have the freedom to grow and evolve and not just be stuck mm. into one thing that everyone thinks I am because that's what I've been doing so far, you know? And I think people are the same way. And so if somebody wants to expand a character's horizons and the fans get mad because they're not used to seeing it that way, then I'm usually on the side of the writers there, but it is a debate worth having. I, I would say. <laughs> so i mean because on the other side of that yeah if you just uh like with luke i could totally see people going no he's supposed to be a hero why would he just give up like that i can understand that argument for sure and people's disappointment and think maybe the writer should not have gone that way with him i think it's hard when it comes down to sexuality as well because i think that one of the good things that fandom gives you is the ability to interpret and read different things into different characters and it's hard i think sometimes when it feels like a creator or a writer takes that away from you or closes that avenue but i think karen raises a really good point about you know just because it's very heavily intimated that daryl slept with leah it doesn't take away from the fact that we could still read him as ace or we could still read him as i don't know demisexual demiromantic something like that um but it is hard and i think like i got really annoyed with it in I mean, a, a big example is maybe in the more recent Star Wars films with, uh, you know, Oscar Isaac and John Boyega's characters who had like the best chemistry. <laughs> yeah. But obviously we're never going to be in a relationship because Disney Star Wars. And then at one point they introduce a kind of out of nowhere sexy female for one of them. And you just sort of think, all right, <clears throat> can just leave it. <laughs> like, yeah. You had to double down on it. Daryl's been this character, yeah, where you because he hadn't had any romantic relationships, you could project all these different kinds of possibilities mm-hmm. onto him and not uh, pigeonhole him into one thing or another. And yes, this does narrow that somewhat. You know, mm-hmm. now we know that, I mean, we didn't see it explicitly, but I presume that they slept together. So now we know mm-hmm. that at the very least, he slept with a woman. And Mm -hmm. so you can't say, okay, he's probably strictly gay, you know? (laughs) Um, But um, I I don't care about that personally. I mean, I I do like representation of different types, but for me with this character, Daryl, it felt natural that, oh, he's, this is the first time we've seen him out on his own for years. You'd get lonely Mm -hmm. and he meets someone else out there who's in the same boat. And, you know, so it felt like, yeah, this is something that could happen. I could see this happening. But I understand. I mean, yeah, then it narrows things and closes off possibilities, too. Also, yeah, I mean, he could he could be bi. Who knows? Yeah, you know, it's a could, full yeah. spectrum, a Absolutely. full gamut. Um, okay. Yeah. Should okay, so, yeah. Thanks, Karen, Karen, by the way. The Even though I, I kind of um, disagreed or, with I, part of what you said, I totally appreciate what you wrote. I'd love wrote. to have Karen yeah. like, on the show Maybe sometime, she should come on, yeah. Great um Gemma hall another fab listener it says i enjoyed the episode even though i found it a bit slow the jaw dropper for me was daryl met a woman daryl fell for a woman even though it took him months to do it and daryl slept with her finally there was always a lot of rumors that daryl might be gay or asexual but i always thought he had chemistry with beth and connie is leah the one holding him back from properly developing his feelings for connie where did leah run off to i found her backstory a bit long-winded a kid who's not her son but like a son ran away with her and he got bit and 
But I think that's what prompted Daryl to say he was looking for his brother, Rick. That also reminded me of when Rick said to him back in season four, you're my brother. <laughs> I just said to do that. That wasn't Andrew Lincoln, guys. That was me. <laughs> Family, not by blood, but by everything else that matters. Will the Daryl and Carol show be about chasing Leah across the country? And what does that mean for Daryl and Connie? Also, little puppy dog. Oh, I just can't believe Daryl would survive outdoors by the river for so long against the elements, walkers, and who knows what else. The storm would have sent me running back to Alexandria. He's lucky he didn't catch hypothermia. You are not wrong. Jenna. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, Wyman Owen says, well, I liked it more than last week. Better storytelling. The glimpse into the gap where Daryl went looking for Rick was nice to see. And Daryl got some. But true to Daryl, he messed it up, lost the girl and gained a dog. Uh, only issue I had is that while looking for Rick for six years, he didn't move his camp. Can't cover too much ground being in the same area. Anyways, bring on next week. Keep them coming. <laughs> Oh, that camp, that river. Oh. <laughs> Rick Montalban says, this episode really made me remember why I love Daryl so much. Daryl calling Rick his brother was all I needed. And to think everyone said, of course Daryl would name his dog Dog. Mm. An intimate episode, but I loved every second. Will Leah be in the Commonwealth? Mofevo mm -hmm. says, looking forward to Jason's take on realism of Daryl, Carol, relationship, discussion, frustration of repeatedly having same conversation about enabling. Uh, yeah, they said the same conversation. I feel like, was it about enabling? I'd have to go back and think about that. To me, I thought mm -hmm. it was more about just Carol being reckless and mm -hmm. lying to Daryl. Yeah. Writers hit some very real life language and emotion, missing extreme fatigue that hits you immediately after. Um, she goes on, anyone else worried that Car Daryl Carroll's spinoff foundation is going to be based on their banter, like the cold open? Worried? Uh, I think, you know, I think the banter's good enough that if they have a series to really hone it and key into it, that it could be super fun. But I'm a little worried that it won't be. <laughs> but I think it is. I'm tell yeah. yeah i'm 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 staying on my fence for a little bit but i yeah, can see yeah. it i can see both sides um rebecca Cantu davidson um it was okay the time jumps messed with my head we went years without <laughs> daryl ever being romantically linked to anyone and suddenly he falls in love with some random chick i don't know it does make me excited to see what the story is setting up though you know that's pretty much every love story <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just kidding. Kate Harvey says something was bugging me throughout Leah's scenes. I've since found myself wondering if it was Leah's dialogue or her acting that just didn't work for me. However, it gave me feels to see Daryl have something outside of his relationships with our group. Not ashamed to admit I had a little weep. Robin Mark says, I think this is the first episode since Kang took over. I wasn't really feeling it. I thought Leah was fine as a character, but the romance wasn't believable. Neither was Daryl choosing her over the search for Rick or the main group. Also, I can't be the only one who thought Leah was kind of similar to an earlier iteration of Carol. A little bit confused as to why Daryl is suddenly so hostile towards Carol as well, considering it seemed they had come to some kind of understanding at the original end of the season. Not unwatchable, but the usual chemistry between Daryl and Carol wasn't present and the chemistry between Daryl and Leah was non-existent. <laughs> My favourite moment was Daryl in the storm with his cloak floating around him in the wind like some kind of hobo Dracula. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um, he, you know, you, you were saying you're confused why he's so hostile towards Carol because they seem to come to some kind of understanding. But I think if you go back, he's saying to her, you know, we're fine, but 
uh, he's also vibing. I don't know if I really want to have anything to do with you anymore. So it's not like mm-hmm. I hate you, but it's more like I don't I don't trust you anymore. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. that's where they left it, I think. And when Carver Holtzhausen says, I liked it, I guess a lot of Daryl's fangirls have wanted to see him with someone, but I'm glad they implied the intimacy rather than showing it. Me, I'm on that team implied mm-hmm. intimacy too. Yeah, <laughs> very, for sure. Very Kang. Gimple would have gimpled it. <laughs> oh, I don't even want to know what Gimple did that. <laughs> the scene at the end with Daryl and Carol broke my heart. Just one thing. Was Dog always that ginger? I remember him being darker previously. I don't know. Interesting. We'll need to do a, a compare and contrast. Mm-hmm. Um, Tara Noyola. Hi, Tara. says, Dog is back! With only four characters in this episode, one being new, I thought I wouldn't like it, but it was beautiful and emotional. I loved finding out Dog's origin. He's such a good boy. <laughs> Tara, respect for including Dog as a character. Like, I love that. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, for um, I'm hoping to get Dog on for an interview as soon as possible, so we'll, we'll see. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, (laughs) melissa edmonds krupp says puppy dog i wasn't ready oh samantha smith said dog's backstory the only backstory i ever needed also tears when daryl said my brother in reply to leah elizabeth nikolaevich says poor dog was abandoned by leah we don't know maybe she was kidnapped but yeah possibly i i doubt she would abandon him Dog's origin story, a story of loss, although he appears blissfully unaware. <laughs> True. He's probably Just the happiest butt, per- like, character mm. on the show. Yeah. <laughs> what? What's the big deal? This is great. <laughs> Making new friends and a new journey, just like the rest of the Walking Dead characters. And Dog is a metaphor for Daryl and Leah made for each other, a.k.a. their connection. What was missing in the trip was no chemistry between Daryl and Leah. Good chemistry between Dog and Daryl, though. <laughs> oh, 100% agree with the chemistry between Dog and Daryl. Um, Maria Lawson says, yikes, that was some tough love. Tired of the bullshit telling it how it is from Daryl. Carol 100% had it coming. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I guess I agree. Joe Marino says the episode was very well done, showing the complex relationship between the characters and giving us glimpses into the years we jumped. Also, Daryl appears to have found an Al-Anon book at some point because he's showing Carol some tough love. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad Holt says, I'll never understand why the cast of the show, especially Melissa McBride, don't all have a shelf full of Emmy Awards. Because the Academy is stuck up. That's why. Yep. <laughs> Neil James says, now I know to wait one full year before I throw fish at a girl's door. <laughs> Neil, you will go far. <laughs> you, yeah, you can learn a lot from the show. Tammy Barr says, I wanted to share a question, thought based on something you said in your last pod about the monotony of another group with a name, i.e. Reapers. Jason and Lucy, what if The Walking Dead introduced a natural disaster or other non-human emergency instead of another group, like season four or the hurricane in fear? I'd like to know what natural emergency you'd like to see written to the show instead of fighting against another group of bad humans. Ooh. I'd say a volcano with like lots of hot lava. It'd be, a volcano would be great though because it would wipe out a lot of the zeds yeah so if you got to have friends, like it could be advantageous <laughs> um yeah i think for me maybe earthquake would be quite yeah. interesting i don't I think, really have those in the uk so you know. i don't know if they're if they're very common in georgia they might be i don't know um but uh i was thinking about it i mean we've had hurricanes and you know i'm glad we finally got to snow recently and uh we've had a lot of storms and we've had also 
uh, plague like sickness. So mm. they have done that. And I think that the kind of core of this request or question is, can we get away from just having these bad guys of the week? And I feel like we really can't on this show. And that's why it's <laughs> getting to be kind of played out. And it's probably good that it's finishing up. Ooh, or a meteor. Sorry. I was yes. Oh, we had that. We kind of satellite. had a meteor, but we had a satellite. No, you there. need a big old meteor that just wipes out yeah. all the zombies. Just like, <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. That's what I want. <laughs> okay, we got a few calls here. Is Steve Brown. Whoa, are we getting a Daryl flashback episode? Like, to before The Walking Dead, Daryl? Okay, no, it's just a a within the time frame of the time jump. Hey, Walking Dead cast, this is Steve, and I'm just starting my first watch of Find Me and uh, wanted to throw a couple comments in there. All right. Oh, it's Dog's origin story. <laughs> this is like the meat cute story from hell. From heaven? Just saying. Or maybe it's meat cute story in hell. Yeah, not from hell. That's right. I'm not sure who this actress is yet. I've got to check, but she's really doing a good job. I mean, I'm moved emotionally. Oh. <laughs> I really wish he had said, I got stuff and things to do. <laughs> and it's over. Um, trying something new. I'm sitting this in. I, I literally just watched it once, sit my thoughts in as I went. And, um, yeah, now it's done. And I can't wait to watch it again and hear you guys talk about it. And since it was so short, I haven't give a, uh, given a zombie sound in a while. So, <laughs> dog. It sounded like those <laughs> Tuvan throat singers. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, you know, I think she did a damn good job, but that's just me. Like I was really moved by her story and I think it was a tough job because it was rushed within the confines of one episode. So it might've felt artificial to some people, but I thought, and she did as about as good as she could with what she had. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe if they would have had another actress in there, she would have, everybody would have thought, Oh, they totally belong together forever. Yeah. It's hard to know. Chemistry is a hard thing. Yeah. It's weird. I, I think, yeah. yeah. It's funny, sometimes you hear people with amazing chemistry on screen who, like, don't get on. And I sometimes wonder if that actually helps have good chemistry on screen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's I mean, I did a play in college, uh, Taming the Shrew, and I was the same character in two different casts. And I was a suitor to Katarina's younger sister, Bianca. And mm-hmm. the dirty old man director just had us like totally making out and he was like you're you're not believable you need to grab her breast harder and stuff like that yeah and i was and their boyfriends were sitting out in the audience through a lot of the rehearsal (laughs) glaring at me and one of the uh biancas uh, i did not really get along with outside of um doing the play but we it was really interesting because when we were those characters that was just like not even in my consciousness that I didn't like her as a person, you know, Mm -hmm. it it was just totally not part of that interaction. 
And then as soon as he would yell cut, I just like walk away. <laughs> it, was yeah. weird. it was really weird. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. There's some, like some couples, like I loved reading uh, Carrie Fisher's memoirs and finding out that she and Harrison Ford had been having a bit of an affair mm-hmm. during the filming mm-hmm. of the Star Wars films. Cause it just gives you a little bit of, I don't know, a little bit of insight into mm-hmm. some of the tensions going on, you know? I mean, with that one, yeah, I sort of wonder if, I don't think they ever intended Han and Leia to be together. I think the idea was for Luke and Leia to be together because they kissed in Star Wars. But maybe mm-hmm. everyone saw the smoldering tension between um, Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher and decided to switch the story because of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Use what's yeah, working. Well, maybe. I mean, it's iconic, so it worked. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, we have a call from Sydney, I think, first time caller. Hey guys, this is Sydney calling about episode 18, Find Me. This was not my favorite episode. Lucy, I am excited to hear your (laughs) thoughts tomorrow because I think it's supposed to target those of us who might like a rom-com, but really it was like two hermits finding love in the zombie (laughs) apocalypse by like throwing fish at each other. And I don't know what we're supposed to take from this at the end. Like, is Leah still alive and Connie is still alive and now there's a love triangle featuring Daryl. Never thought we would be here. Um, Okay, and then Carol and Daryl, obviously I'm excited for their spinoff, but I kind of found found their acting a little stilted today, but maybe I was looking at it too hard. Also, I'm not following the drama on Daryl being mad at Carol still. I guess I just don't hold a grudge against characters. I'm not so mad at Carol about um, Connie, and I'm, I'm not even mad at Negan about anything so yeah that's that's not drama for me i am excited to hear y'all's thoughts okay thanks bye love it i hope my thoughts were uh were appropriate (laughs) did not disappoint my grumpy grumpy thoughts i think yeah she i think she probably loved everything you had to say Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then we finally caught up to seth ethan and logan's walking dead binge watch Mm -hmm. or at least as far as their dad teach has sent in so um the most recent recording they've sent was where they've seen through episode uh, season seven all the way to the end. And teach says, here's the review from the boys for the season seven finale. Sasha dies, the tiger malls villains only. And the war continues. Ooh. Hi, Jason and Dr. Lucy. My name's Logan and I'm 11. Hi, my name is Seth. I'm 12 and we just finished the season seven finale. This is the one where they go to war with the saviors. I'm Ethan and I'm 14. Uh, my favorite part about this half season was, um, well, I guess it was just all the buildup. It was fun. <laughs> I liked when that guy died. Which one? <laughs> Which one? See, one he got like his organ sliced. Oh. oh. I didn't like that guy. Spencer. No, he was Spencer. a dick. My favorite part was Eugene being a baby the entire season. The entirety of it. Uh, my favorite part about the season finale was when uh, Shiva absolutely mauled the, those two guys and probably many more. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, I took too many notes. Um, <laughs> so I think my favorite part was when we found out <laughs> that... Um, that what's her name got taken in by the saviors um i can't remember sasha Sasha, yeah my favorite part was 
probably when Shiva the tiger mauled people. It's hilarious. <laughs> Out of nowhere. That was a great moment. These kids have got an amazing, not kids, these awesome guys are going to mm. have an amazing podcasting career ahead of them. <laughs> yeah, that was a great moment with the tiger. and um, But also I love that, I forget which one, but one of you guys mentioned uh, when Sasha got taken in by Savior, because I remember that being a really intense moment too. Mm-hmm. When she was oh, with that whole Rosita, thing. I think. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> it really was. All right. And also, uh, I guess Seth had a question about something after they finished recording. I haven't listened yet, but Teague says, Seth, the most sensitive of the three, is the only one who had caught on to this question, which I remember being discussed a lot at the time. So here's what he says. Morning or good afternoon, depending on the time you are watching or technically listening to this. Um, and I'm Seth and I'm 12. And my question is, um, what do you do you think Rick and his group are um, the good at evil people or kind of like bad guys? Mm. And does <sighs> because Negan, um, he, he it's not uncondoned for him to kill his people. Like, the, um, Rick and his crew killed multiple of his in an entire outpost. So it's mm. not like he's uncondoned to kill them. That. That is an amazing question. <laughs> <sighs> such a big question. Well, yeah. I mean, I really think that over the course of the series, Rick started off as this very moral person. And if you remember back in the second episode when they decided to rub guts all over themselves. Oh, that guy whose name I never remember. Yeah, yep. but he pulled out his license and they did. They We want to respect that this was a real person and they tried to, you know, and he went from that to just suffering a lot of loss and uh, danger and threats to his, the people he cares about the most. And it really hardened him to the point mm-hmm. where he got to be like, I don't give a, sh- a crap about anyone else <laughs> except for me and the people that I care about to the point where he would kill people who might be threats. And I was very, very, very critical about that. And I think you're right that it does. I mean, I still don't think, uh, Negan took it too far. I think I, I I do think he took it way too far, but it does sort of inform that like he's just responding to a whole bunch of his people being killed in their sleep. So yeah, I think I think Rick turned into. I mean, I don't believe in good guys and bad guys, but he's morally compromised. It's just such an interesting question about perspective, isn't it? It's like whose story do you yeah. follow? Who are you rooting for? And yeah, they they definitely Rick's group did some pretty terrible things. Um, But we're biased, aren't we? Because we follow them from the start. But I think you're asking a really important question and I don't know the full answer, to be honest. But it's fun to talk about. I mean, I always thought when you compare who's worse, Negan or Rick, I thought Negan was worse because he seemed to relish in dominating and humiliating people. Rick was never Mm. like that. But Rick would kill someone who he thought was a threat before fully knowing if he was right. (laughs) <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so he, he did get into the habit of moving quite quickly. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we haven't done comic talk in a long time, but I wanted to do just a short comic talk section just because uh, Deadline reports that Michael James Shaw of Blood and Treasure is joining The Walking Dead as the character Mercer. Mercer, <laughs> yeah, From, that's uh, gonna be fun. The Commonwealth, yeah. So that 
does seem like, I mean, I, I keep wondering if they're going to do any like left turn stuff with the Commonwealth, but it feels like they're going into that storyline and maybe they'll cast, uh, who is the leader? Oh, uh, bloody hell. I um, forgot her name, but the governor. It's not, <laughs> it's not Deanna. It's Governor Pamela Milton. Milton. Yeah, that's right. Is that yeah. right? And Let me, son, I'm just going to. Maybe it's going to double check Sebastian that. or something. Yeah. Oh, he's the freaking worst. Yeah. He did <laughs> something the... really bad. I don't even feel like I should say right now, but yeah. No, he's, yeah, Pamela <laughs> Milton. Um, I, I'm a bit, one of the things I think is going to be frustrating a little about these six episodes is I doubt we're going to get any Commonwealth because that's obviously huge in scope. Um, well, and I was looking, well, yeah. Ezekiel and all them, but yeah, who knows how deep it looks like I read something to intimate it might be a princess kind of backstory thing which is cool because i really like the actress who plays princess but i am i'm i'm really i'm kind of excited for the commonwealth i kind of want to get there and see what they do with it and the guy they've cast as mercer looks like a really good fit for that role so i didn't look at him that's cool is he beefy big beefy yeah yeah he looks he's got that kind of mercer sort of hedge look about him so yeah (laughs) i'm i'm excited i keep forgetting it's coming and then being pleasantly surprised when i remember so yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, we're coming into the home stretch here Mm -hmm. all right that is our show episode 422 thanks for listening everybody yeah, thank you very much. I want to thank Mark and Abby of Mookie and the Bab, formerly Isimo, whose rendition of Easy Street we played at the end last week. Uh, these two are friends. They've guested on the podcast. They're a British acoustic alt folk four-piece band combining vocal harmonies, percussion guitars, and occasional trumpet. They're really good musicians. And you can find their music at mookieandthebab.com. And I will also play their latest song, shoes at the end of this podcast also abby says please tell lucy hi and we think she's amazing you guys work so well together and enhance the show i hope the show gives you some recognition oh thanks abby it was so nice to meet them at the uh first walker stalker i ever went to so it's so nice to to know that they're still on the go what's the new name of the band mookie and the bab mookie and the bab awesome (laughs) yeah they're they're really good they're they're pretty amazing if you guys want to call us you can reach us as always at 650-485-DEAD that's 650-485-3323 you can email us at brains at podcastica.com you can find us on the web at facebook.com slash deadcast and be sure to check out our other shows at podcastica.com and next episode of this podcast walking dead season 10 episode 19 one more Would you like me to read the synopsis? Yeah, do it. Okay. If you don't want to hear the synopsis, just stop listening right now. But here it goes. (laughs) Gabriel and Aaron search for food and supplies to bring back to Alexandria. Small tragedies lead to bigger tragedies as faith is broken and optimism is fragmented when they are put to the ultimate test. So basically nothing. It says nothing. But it's a Gabriel and Aaron episode. (laughs) Interesting. Two people we've not spent much time with lately. So, yeah. Also, I just want to add, if you've been enjoying the podcast and you like get some value out of it or some joy in listening to it and you want to give back, that's always appreciated. You can go to patreon.com slash Jason or even you can kick in a one-time donation if, if you want, which you can do at 
buymeacoffee.com slash Kabassi. Those are both in the show notes. If you do that, then you're actually doing more than the vast majority of listeners, and it's totally appreciated. So thank you. All right. That is our show. Thanks for listening. Don't, Don't get, get bit, Sonia Schaller. Sonia. I was walking down the street with my best shoes on my feet. My mind was tripping over clouds. I spent my days with my heart in the music, but nobody around. Dreaming of melodies, words would not come to me. I keep on walking till my soul's wore down. Holes in my pockets and no picture for a lock and two. Shoes now on my feet